What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. There's no nutrients around. It's going to go into, it's going to shut down growth. But instead, it's going to focus on repair. It's going to focus on rejuvenation. It's going to fo- focus on survival, and thereby triggering these processes that's been built by nature through millennia of of times when when the environment didn't have a lot of food around. So it's the fasting that triggers these cellular changes for protection for rejuvenation. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 217. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hey there, veggie lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Veggie Doctor Radio. Today, I am speaking with Dr. Will Shu about intermittent fasting and fasting mimicking diets. But before I tell you more about Dr. Shu and this episode, I wanna remind you that the information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is absolutely not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. So if you have concerns about you and your child's eating, nutrition, or growth, please consult a healthcare professional. Okay, so in this episode, we are going to talk about intermittent fasting and fasting mimicking diet. So I do wanna give a disclaimer because this is a topic that could be triggering for some people that have a history of disordered eating, eating disorders. This episode is not for you. In fact, I will say multiple times that when it comes to intermittent fasting and doing some of these diets, for those of us that our brains have a hard time with, you know, not being all or nothing with these things, it can be a slippery slope. So just be cautious. So let me talk to you about Dr. Will Shu, and then I will tell you what we talked about in this episode. So Dr. Will Shu has had 20 years as a distinguished career as an endocrinologist at Harvard's Jocelyn Diabetes Center. And he, after 20 years of doing that, he joined El Nutra in 2019 as chief medical officer. In that role, Dr. Shu leads the clinical development effort El Nutra oversees the medical affairs department, advances the education and adoption of fasting and fasting mimicking diets as an innovative tool to extend human lifespan. Among his prior roles, he has served as vice president at the Jocelyn Diabetes Center, a teaching affiliate of Harvard Medical School, responsible for its international education and healthcare advisory programs. He served on multiple national level professional committees, including the American Diabetes Association, setting national standards of medical care in diabetes. His previous research interests focus on the pathophysiology of diabetes and the application of digital technology in chronic care. 
So in this episode, we talked about fasting, intermittent fasting, what ways has it been studied? What are the known benefits of intermittent fasting? What are the benefits of intermittent fasting independent of weight loss? Because y'all know how I feel about that. We attribute everything to weight loss, but often there's advantages and benefits independent of weight loss. It's just that everybody, they're just fascinated and very attached to the whole weight loss thing. So that is why a lot of these products, and he is promoting a product, so just know that this episode is one that does have some commercial interest for my guests, but weight loss sells, right? So just always have that in your mind when you're thinking about these things. We talk about who intermittent fasting benefits and who should not be trying it, any risks associated with intermittent fasting, what are fasting mimicking diets, and how was this concept developed? How was this whole fasting mimicking diet that El Nutra has, which is called Prolon, how did it come about? But then we also talk about the advantages of eating more plants with chronic disease prevention, reversal, longevity. We talk about protein and chronic disease, aging, and longevity. We hear about his own personal regimen with his diet, but also how often he does the fasting and making diet and all the places you can go to get more information on this, okay? So I think that this could be a useful episode for some people, especially if you are looking to optimize. Also, probably for people that feel like They may need a little bit extra help if you still haven't reached some of your chronic disease goals, like say things like blood pressure, cholesterol, things like that. It might be worth giving it a try, but if you haven't already integrated eating more whole plant foods into your diet, moving your body, getting sleep, working on your stress management. Remember the principles of lifestyle medicine. We want to start there first, try to get into consistent habits there first, and then maybe think about adding something like this if it feels like it's feasible for you. So who should not be doing it? I'm going to say this several times. Children should not be trying these kinds of things, whether it's intermittent fasting or fasting and making diets, pregnant people, but also those of us who have suffered from disordered eating, eating disorders, or on the edge of that chronic dieting, because like I said, it's a slippery slope. One thing leads to another, and it can really trigger a lot of disordered eating behaviors. So just be very cautious about that. But if you don't think that you're in that category and you're interested in learning more about intermittent fasting, how you can start using it in your day-to-day life, and if you want to consider maybe trying out this prolonged fasting mimicking diet fast once, twice, three times a year and see how that goes. I will say I have done it in the past. It's been several years and... (laughs) I can say that it was during a time when I probably was having some disordered eating. It wasn't as difficult as it may seem to be, but it is a commitment. So uh, it's five days can seem like a very long time. You have to kind of plan it around your life. No traveling, no special events, those kinds of things. So it is something that if you're curious about it and you feel like you can stay safe with it as far as behaviors, then yeah, think about it. Give it a try. Okay, so... I hope you enjoy this episode. I'd love some feedback if you like episodes like this. And let's welcome Dr. Will Shu. Dr. Will Shu, welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. Dr. Yami, thank you for having me on your podcast. 
Well, I know we're going to have lots of fun. We're going to talk some science, but let's start at the beginning. For audience that doesn't know what it is, can you tell us what is fasting? What is intermittent fasting? Can you define these things for us? Yeah, fasting is one of the most popular uh, dietary trend right now in the United States. And most people know fasting not because it's been around for as long as the ages, but people have now. I heard about intermittent fasting. Um, so maybe a little bit of history uh, could be very helpful. Um, you know, fasting really has been a practice in every religion, every people group, every culture. So it certainly is not new to humanity. And not only that, fasting is uh, something that happens every single day in our body. I mean, when we sleep, we fast, right? In the animal kingdoms, they don't have ag agriculture. They have to hunt. And so between hunting, there was a period of fasting. So this is something that nature has created, our adaptive mechanism during fasting. So it is certainly not new. But what we are talking about right now is a trend. Uh, it's called intermittent fasting. Is often fasting defined um, as uh, something that you, you know, the time period where you don't eat, and generally less than two days. And one of the most common ones are time-restricted eating. And so you, your audience might, I've heard about 16-8, right? So, the, for example, that's a eat dietary pattern. That means uh, 16 hours you do not eat anything, and you limit all your uh, uh, consumption of food within an eight-hour window. So that is now very popular uh, all around the, the country. Yes, it's very popular, and there's even been lots of books that have come out about it, all kinds of different methods. People are trying it on their own, but in what ways has fasting been studied? I mean, you talk about how it's been done for ages, mainly for religious practices, but how have we been studying fasting? Yeah, and that's a really good question here, and uh, there are several levels. I mean, there are on the molecular level, uh, I think there are some great insights which I will share with your audience. And then there are on the clinical level, uh, there's been some clinical trials that uh, have shed light on what fasting does for us. So, you know, maybe first of all, let's define what fasting is. A lot of people know fasting as, as the word implies, no food. But, uh, but there, there's actually deeper definition than that. And for example, when we fast, what does the body do? Well, the body turns to fat and burns fat as a fuel. And so anything that triggers uh, the, the uh, burning of fat in our body, you could say that's a physiologic fasting. So a lot of people say, oh, keto diet is, is sort of a fasting. And because it, it turns to the body, look into the fat, not only the fat they eat from their mouth, but also burning of the fat that's in the body. So that's another way to think about that could be a physiologic fasting, meaning you don't eat any carbohydrate and you turn to the fat as a fuel. But there's yet another, even more meaningful definition, a more thorough definition, that is every cell in the body gets signals from its environment. If there is food, if there is glucose, carbohydrate, amino acids, protein, these cells are going to grow. They're going to replicate. They're going to grow larger. When there's no nutrients around, it's going to go into, it's going to shut down growth, but instead it's going to focus on repair. It's going to focus on rejuvenation. It's going to fo focus on survival and thereby triggering these processes that's been built by nature through millennia of, of times when, when the environment didn't have a lot of food around. So it's the fasting 
that triggers these cellular changes for protection, for rejuvenation. And, and so, but how does the cell know that there's food around? There's got to be these, these sensors. We call them nutrient sensors, right? These are the eyes and ears of the cells, and they detect if there's an ample amount of, of nutrients around. And so if you're able to shut down these nutrient sensors, downregulate, we use a sophisticated term, downregulate these sensors, meaning that if you provide nutrients below these de detection level of these nutrient sensors, then you can, in fact, have nutrients in the body and yet triggering these fasting processes. So we call that molecular fasting. And so, so while the, the community, you know, the, your listener might be very familiar with sort of the behavior aspect of fasting, meaning no food, but now science has a, 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 a peek into the window where we can actually trick the body uh, by providing nutrients below these, uh, these detection threshold of these nutrient sensors so the body can get the nutrients it needs and at the same time trick the cells to believing that you're in the fasting state. And so we have done clinical trials on this. And what are the benefits that we're deriving from doing fasting? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think a lot of people are doing fasting because by experience, they are saying that they're losing weight right through fasting and through intermittent fasting. And there's something really unique about the weight loss as a result of fasting. Um, you know, if you're on chronically on a low-calorie diet, what happens when you lose weight is you're losing both the fat as well as muscles. It's an equal opportunity calorie burner, right? As you, as you are, let's say, 500 calories less every day, the body will grab the energy from the muscle, will grab the energy from fat, will grab energy from the liver, right, in the form of a glycogen. So, so that's what happens with, with everyday low calories. Fasting is, is, is very different. It's a completely different mechanism because fasting is essentially, it's a stress to the body, right? There's no food coming in. Oops, there's no carbohydrate. There's no proteins coming in. The body, that stress causes the cells to say, hey, where can I survive? Where can I get, where can I look for resources within the body? And it's, it's, Mostly, you know, in the first state or two, it's probably the glycogen stored in our liver, uh, which is a form of carbohydrate. But soon enough, the body is going to go to the fat storage of the body. And mostly, initially, it's going to be the, the visceral fat and what we call the belly fat, which is really the most metabolically uh, active fats there is. And, uh, and, the, and, and another benefits of, of the, the, the weight loss that caused by fasting is actually because it's a stress. The stress causes hormones, these stress hormones to go up. And the stress hormones, like growth hormones, actually maintain the muscle mass. And, and so a lot of people do not, uh, probably have never heard of this, the fasting that comes, or the weight loss that comes with fasting preserves muscle mass. In contrast to a low-calorie diet, which, is really bur which burns both on the muscle and the fat. So that, that is a one big benefit that we see. A lot of people also do intermittent fasting because they wanted to support their metabolic balance. Because you know, you're allowing the body to rest, you're not feeding 
the liver, the body, all these uh, endocrine organs, constant food. So you give it time to rest so you can recalibrate. And so a lot of people find it's very helpful uh, for metabolic support as well. And yeah, I think one of the reasons that fasting has become so popular is because people are doing it for weight loss. But you as a, a physician and somebody who's interested in fasting, whenever you think about fasting, do you ever think about the benefits independent of weight loss? Because Absolutely. obviously some people, you know, they go on these, these little trendy things and they lose weight, they gain it back. But is there going to be any benefits of practicing some of these fasting practices independent of, okay, I just want to lose a bunch of weight and look like a supermodel sort of thing? Yes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but there's something deeper than that. Um, um, if you look at uh, how fasting has been practiced through all ages, um, every religion has a fasting component to that. And then you ask, why is that? You know, almost every culture uh, has some sort of uh, uh, fasting tradition. And that is because while people might be looking for the metabolic or weight loss benefits, people who regularly do fasting do feel better. They feel a renewed energy, renewed focus. There's a sense of accomplishment. And, and that's something I think uh, modern people really look for as well. They may come to do fasting because of weight loss, but they keep coming back to fasting because how could they feel? Now, as a scientist, as a clinician, I think there's, there's something even more than that. Uh, if you look at research that are done in the laboratories, if you take a laboratory rodent, um, now obviously we're not, we're not rodents, we're not rats, we're not mice. However, um, if you take a worm, you take fruit fly, you take rodents, and you fast them periodically. Give them a couple of days of no food, and then provide them nutrients. You know what happened to their, their longevity? You think you might kill them earlier? They actually live longer. Now, why is that? How is that possible? What does fasting have to do with healthy longevity? Well, it turns out that when the cells, when the, when the organism go through fasting, Right? It's got to look inside for a source of energy. And oftentimes, every cell in the body needs to, to ask, what can I use as energy right now? That's certainly not going to go for the, the, the organelles or the systems inside the cells that are the most efficient or the youngest or the most functional. They're going to start looking for ones that are older, that are less functional. Some of the misprotein proteins and some of the, the worn out, the, the burnout, the mitochondria, they're going to actually take them and use them as a fuel first before they get to the younger and more functional. Now you think about it, if they take those older ones and use it up as energy, what happens when now food returns back to, to being plentiful, then, then now the cells is going to you know, regrow the parts they have taken out. And so that cycling is what we call rejuvenation. This is not fairy tale because in 2016, uh, Professor Otsumi from Japan won the Nobel Prize describing this process called uh, cellular autophagy. And he won the Nobel Prize because this autophagy process, that is cellular self-eating, is so fundamental to cellular renewal and so important for, for healthy aging that 
that uh, that he won the Nobel Prize. And so when you ask what are the benefits, uh, certainly a lot of the intermittent fasting has weight loss benefits and metabolic support benefits and even emotional benefits. I think one of the most exciting area where science has begun to, to uncover is the longer fast, how the longer fasts are now supporting healthy aging. Mm, super interesting. Well, you talked earlier about 16-8 and there's different forms of fasting that have been popularized and that people try, but the average American is not going that long without eating. So I know that it's been proposed even for people to start with a 12-hour fast, which yeah. means have your dinner early enough so that there's 12 hours between dinner and breakfast. And in fact, they've done studies on breast cancer where it decreases the recurrence of breast cancer. So we know that it may not even seem like a fast to some people, right? Because you're not actually skipping a meal. You're just trying to eat it earlier, that dinner, so that it's 12 hours between dinner and breakfast. So can you talk a little bit more about for the average American, how long are we actually going without eating? And where do you propose that some people could start with their fasting? Well, being a, a diabetes specialist, I could tell you that uh, most of my patients struggles with with not just what to eat, but the timing of our meals. We as Americans, we actually eat around the clock, think about the evening snacks that we have. And a lot of times it's not because we're hungry, right? A lot of times we eat because it's it's a social thing to do. Uh, sometimes we eat out of emotion when we are lonely or, or, or stressed, right? So a lot of it is emotional eating. And in fact, if if we start eating when we wake up, and we stop eating when we go to bed, our body really doesn't have the time for the cell to rejuvenate because it's constantly growing. Now, you may say, well, uh, Dr. Shu, you know, growing, isn't that bad? Isn't that a good thing? I mean, we, we, we want to grow. But you think about as adults, we're all, or all, all of our organs are fully grown. Think about the pressure of constant growth. What happens to our body? We grow sideways. Our, our cells get bigger, plumpier, right? So, so that's why we, we have a fatty liver, we have central obesity, we have all these struggles because the signal of growth is constantly there. And let me use another, uh, another example. You know, we say, sure, exercise is great, but can you imagine a life full of exercise but no rest? That is terrible. It's terrible for the body because your body never gets a chance to recover. The same thing as far as nutrition is concerned. Yes, we need to have good nutrition, but it's equally important that we have time for the body to say, okay, you know, let's just like a car, you could accelerate and get to your destination faster. You're, you're, you're going fast, but guess, you know, that's at the expense of, of, of the, the wear and tear on the tires, on the engines. We need pit stops. And, and every day having fasting, a period where the body is not bombarded with nutrients. Every now and then, we need to have a longer fast. So the body gets triggered that inborn miracle life mechanism that the nature has designed for us for rejuvenation. It turns out to be sort of the, um, the, the new innovation that has always been with us, but we never tap into. Yeah, definitely. Can you talk a little bit about 
who fasting is good for and who should not fast at all and who should be cautious about fasting? That's really a good question. You know, I think the answer really depends on what kind of fast were you talking about? What you mentioned, 1212, I love it. I think that should be the prescription for almost everybody. 12 hours of eating, 12 hours of not eating, almost everybody could do it, except you have some medical conditions that, that you might want to be aware of. But not eating 12 hours, look at this. It's like, let's say if you eat breakfast at 8 o'clock, you stop eating 8 at night. It's not that hard. But you'd be surprised. Many of our listeners probably are eating beyond those hours. So step number one, I think, 12-12 can be for everybody. Now, if you're looking for some specific targets, metabolic goals that you have, you may increase that, that uh, time span to... 1410 or 16A. But I also believe that's not something you want to do every single day. That's everyday stress. I don't think that's what nature intends. If you look at when the sun rises, when the sun goes down, 1212 makes a lot of sense. But 16A and even some, some even advocate one meal a day, I think that's for a specific time period, for a specific goal. I don't think it's something to be practiced for the rest of life. Okay. So you know, as you increase the fasting period, then that means it's a trade-off, right? There is benefits, but you also have to watch what are some of the potential uh, downfall. Now, you know, one of the, the, the uh, fasting that has been practiced for ages that is not intermittent that is not intermittent fasting is called periodic fasting. Some people call it prolonged fasting. And that's fasting longer than two days. If you look at all the cultural fast or a lot of the religious fast, they really belong to the periodic fasting realm, not so much the intermittent fasting realm. And so for those, now one has to be very careful because not everybody can do two, two days or more of fasting. The longer you go, yes, potential benefits is higher, but there can also be potential health risks. And that's why before you take on a, a periodic fasting, you should talk to your doctor. And there are certain individuals that probably uh, you should really definitely have a conversation with physicians, people who are uh, children. I think uh, since they should be growing, they need to grow. I think uh, have a conversation with physicians, very important, under the supervision of physician to see whether that's feasible or not will be important. On the other spectrum of life, you know, I think greater than 70 years old. And we use that really very, very loosely because you and I both know there are people who are 70 years old are healthier than 50 years old. And so it's just that uh, the risk for fall is higher and many of them have health condition. I think talking to a doctor about that would be very important. There's another category of, of, uh, of folks I think also one has to be very cautious is anybody with a history of eating disorder uh, I think should be very careful uh, going on any kind of uh, a fast because it may trigger their behavior. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think, um, you know, it's something that many of us could take on very safely and has uh, tremendous benefits. What about pregnancy and specifically for women? I hear you say over and over that fasting is a stress, 
Obviously, it's a kind of stress that is triggering a benefit. So, you know, the benefits outweigh the risks. But something that I hear a lot in the popular media now is women, especially perimenopause, menopausal women, you don't want too much stress in your body that's going to raise your cortisol and then bad things are going to start happening. So are there different approaches for women in particular? And is it safe to fast during pregnancy? I think the, let, let's tackle the easiest one, which is the pregnancy. It's not time to talk, talk about fast. This is the time when two, you know, two life forms are, are, are uh, require the nutrients, and fasting just essentially has no place uh, in a pregnant woman. However, throughout other cycles in a woman's life, I think it could be re really relevant. It depends also on the type of fast. You know, uh, we um, often think about stress as something negative, but I would also uh, uh, propose to you that uh, exercise is a stress. A lot of people don't think about that, but how, how do you get your heart healthier? By stressing the heart. Not overly, obviously, right? How about muscle? How does the muscle grow? You have to stress the muscle. You got to tear a part of the fiber so you can regrow. So, so it's the right amount of stress is really the key here. A lot of women, I think, practicing intermittent fasting that give them the mental ability, the mental clarity, in addition to the weight loss. So that could be very helpful. But the, the kind of periodic fast uh, um, I, I wanted to bring out, you don't need to do that many times in a year. And that's really the answer here. You know, for example, uh, I work for a company called Elmutra. We have the five-day fasting mimicking diet. That's a prolonged diet, um, and, and it really leverages the principle of molecular fast by providing nutrients so somebody could go through a five-day fast. So something like that, a five-day periodic fast, if you were to do it with water, it would be virtually impossible. It's too hard for people to do. But because we're providing nutrients, you're reducing the amount of stress, but at the same time, the cells are still going through the fasting process. So uh, a solution like that can be done three times a year, as little as three times a year. That We're talking about five days each time. We're talking about 15 days in a year can bring you many of the life health transformation that one looks for without exposing the body constantly to stress and pressure. Yeah. I want to know what is the wildest thing you have ever done? Remember, this is a family-friendly show, so we have to keep it G-rated, okay? Well, I'll tell you the wildest thing I've ever done. A few years ago, I went bungee jumping in Whistler, British Columbia. Everybody in my nuclear family did it, including my two sons. At the time, they were ages eight and 13, my husband and my dad. And it was actually my dad's second time to do it. So we had watched him do it before, and then we were returning for the rest of us to do it. And it's such a funny story because I had spent all of this time visualizing this jump and what I wanted it to look like. I wanted to jump out with my arms spread, looking serene and calm and control with full confidence and that is not what happened. So just imagine this. It's a beautiful location, these majestic tall green trees. It's just so pretty, but this bridge is so high off the ground. You're 
above the tree line and below the bridge is a rushing river with rapids, okay? And it's really high off the ground. I decided I wanted to jump first because I was afraid if I didn't, I was gonna back out. So I walked into the plank and I am telling you that every single cell in my body was screaming no. That human instinct not to jump off tall things is real and it is very, very strong. I felt nauseated, my heart was racing, I was shaking. I started saying, I don't think I can do it, I can't do it. Of course, the people that work there, the operators, I'm sure they're super used to that because probably everybody does that or most people I'm thinking. So he like gently pushed me to the edge and told me I'm gonna count to three and you're gonna jump on three. I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it, but I did and it was not graceful or calm. I dropped several F-bombs and it was just so funny that it was the opposite of what I had visualized, but I did it. It was more intense than a roller coaster and when they brought me back up, my legs were shaking, I felt weak, but I did it. I had this thrilling experience. If you wanna check it out and relive this moment with me, it's actually on my YouTube channel, Veggie Doctor TV, from July of 2018. And I will say, after all is said and done, I probably will do it again someday. And I am planning on skydiving for my 45th birthday, which is just two years away, so hold me accountable. If you don't think you're gonna get into bungee jumping or skydiving, but you wanna try something thrilling, I recommend Bernie Wild's Adventure Sauce. And you have a good reason to grab yourself a bottle or two right now. My listeners get 20% off their first order of $20 or more and free shipping. Just use the code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I. Follow the link in the show notes or go to berniewilds.com. Go get yourself a couple of bottles of Bernie Wilde's Adventure Sauce right now and grab your 20% off and free shipping discount using the code Dr. Yami. Enjoy the sauce and go try something wild today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So it's like a periodic deep cleaning and the rest of the year you can just try to stick to that 12 hour window as much as possible because I think that is very healthy for the average adult, you know, and then you have this periodic deeper cleaning that you can do with a five day fast. So tell me a little bit more about what is a fasting mimicking diet? I know you alluded to it earlier that what we're doing is we're kind of tricking the cells into thinking that we're fasting without really actually having to fast. So can you explain a little bit more about it? Yeah, I mean, it's really a pragmatic solution. You know, we know something's good, but we cannot do because it's too hard to do. So what's the solution? The solution is science. The fasting mimicking diet is really an invention by Professor Walter Longo who is a faculty at the University of Southern California. He is the, the director of the longevity clinic, and he's been studying the intersection between longevity, nutrition, and fasting. And early days, he worked with yeast, with fruit flies, with rodents, and wanting to know what is the optimal way to fast the, the, uh, the organism so as to increase their lifespan. But when it came to human trials, it was really difficult because, I mean, humans, it's way more complicated, number one. Number two, 
nobody wants to enroll in the clinical trials that involve five days of water fast. So we had to come <laughs> about uh, uh, figuring out how do we leverage our knowledge of these nutrient sensors? What is the exact quantity of macronutrients and other uh, proprietary uh, you know, formulation that allows the cells to stay in a fasting state, but at the same time, provide you enough nutrients so you can actually be adherent, adhere to that five-day fast. So that's really where the science and nature collided and created a pragmatic solution for our average Americans. Yeah. So it's for the person that wants the benefit of a fast, but doesn't actually want to only drink water for several days. Yeah. When you were talking about that, I just had this image of putting humans in a cage with just little <laughs> bottles of water for five days. I don't, we're definitely not going to go for that. Well, we're so. not going there. <laughs> it's a different thing. You know, for personally, I, personally, I fasted up to two days with water. But I tell you, by the end, I was not happy and, and, and I, I wanted to give up. So if I cannot do it, I think, I think 99% of, of, of the folks out there probably cannot do it. Yeah, it's hard because as a human, we're surrounded by food and food signals and food triggers constantly. You know, we're not in a controlled environment. It's, it's really difficult. And especially since as humans, we eat and we eat around the clock all the time. So especially if you're in a normal household where people are just like snacking all day long, it makes it really difficult to just stick to your water. So then we have the fasting mimicking diet. So can you talk a little bit about this product? So the Prolon, how many calories is it? How do people do yeah. it? And generally how sustainable is it for like the average person that's committed to going through this? Yes, it's a really good question. Um, for, first of all, you know we we don't advocate fasting. I mean, it may sound that may sound really uh, contrary to what everything we, we I've said. You know, I think human nature is such that you know it, we know something is good, but we cannot do it, and so the the result is that we're we're ineffective. Think about in clinical practice. You know, we tell patients to eat well, to lose weight to exercise. But gee, if everybody followed that, we wouldn't have 70% overweight problems in our society. The problem is we know, but we cannot do. And so the prolong really is what I call fasting nutrition. It's actually nutrition. You're eating. And we're able to do that because of the signs that I described earlier. It's, it's a five-day kit. So each day, um, it comes in a box. So day one, day two, three, four, five, it's all labeled for you. You don't even have to shop. You don't have to grocery shop. You don't have to put on a, on a scale to figure out how much to eat. It's all designed for you. It, it's really a thoughtless process because we know during that period of time, you don't want to be figuring things out, okay? So first day is about 1,200 calories. It's the entry day. And, and it allows the body to transition into a fasting state. But from day two, what your body going, uh, is going through is you now begin to deplete the, the glycogen in your liver, in your muscle. And by about third day, you're really turning into fat, uh, fat burning. And every cell is looking inside the cells and say, hey, which part is older that, you know, that's old that, can I, that I can replace with, with new ones? And can I use that in those older components as a fuel? So three, four, or five days is where that deep cleanse happens. And I often use the analogy like, 
you know, you can clean over the uh, on the weekends and dusting and mopping and so on and so forth. But nothing, it's, it's going to be nothing like spring cleaning, well, where you're taking, taking down the curtain, you're washing the curtain, you're shampooing your carpet. That's what a five-day prolonged fast does to your body. And you said earlier that the average person might want to shoot for doing a couple, maybe two, three a year, try it out first, see how it goes, and decide if you want to do it again at some point. Well, you know, I think if you have a very specific goal, I want to lose this weight, I want to do this, then the, our clinical trial shows us if you try prolonged five days and repeat it three months. So total, total of 15 days in three months, you're going to get a lot of the benefits. You're going to lose the weight, you're going to reduce your waistline, and but you're going to preserve your lean body mass. So that's what we, our studies have shown. Now, we have studies that, that that tested one cycle, three cycles, four cycles, six cycles, and 12 cycles. Wow. But what we're telling the consumers right now is, you know, let, we don't have to go that far. If you have very specific goal on weight loss, just healthy metabolism, you, you try once, one five day and repeat it three times in a row. Now, for, for some of us that are already very healthy, we don't have a weight to lose. We just want to maintain that healthy rejuvenation. Then what I do personally for myself and for my family is we do one cycle, which is the five-day kit, three times a year, just like a seasonal cleanse. Three to four times a year is all you need. And, and that's really the, the, the good news. You don't need to do this uh, very, very frequently. If you're already healthy, you want to maintain the healthy aging uh, goal, uh, that would be very easy to do. Do you do it together with your family so everybody's doing it at the same time, support each other? That is really the key there, Dr. Yami. You're, you hit it on the nail there. If you're a first-timer, grab a friend, grab a family member, invite them, get a small group going. Uh, you'll, you'll be amazed uh, how powerful that is. Uh, that social community. Actually, on Facebook, we have a community of almost 30,000 people called Fascination. This is where everybody come and they support one another. They share tidbits. They share their struggle. They share their victory. And it's a great community to, to be part of if you do decide to take on the Prolong Challenge. Now, apart from people that may be on medications or have very specific chronic health conditions, are there any risks associated with doing this kind of fast? You know, I, I think uh, common sense, really. I mean, apart from the disease state that some of our listeners might have, if you're generally healthy, I think there the common sense things we let's follow. One is hydration. Just got to make sure if, just because you're not eating a lot. So you got to keep yourself well hydrated. During the prolonged fast is also the time where you don't want to to work out extra hard. It's okay to exercise, but that's not the time to add stress onto stress, right? Let's say you generally run marathon. Obviously, I'm not going to tell you not to, not to work out. Just let this period not, not be the time where you're maxing out your, your workout. Cut back, take it easy. Uh, these are all common sense approach to, to a good, healthy, enjoyable, prolonged fast. Yeah, that's good advice. All right. I want to switch gears just a little bit. You know, we've been talking about the benefits of intermittent fasting and doing this fasting mimicking diet, but what about the advantage of eating 
plants, eating more whole food for disease prevention and reversal and longevity. So if you could give me your thoughts on that as an endocrinologist. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, having sourcing our most of our nutrients from plants is such a wise way to do this. Um, and because there's just so many studies, epidemiologic studies, randomized control studies to show that, for example, animal source fat is a um, is a cause for atherosclerosis. That's the hardening of our arteries. And so going plant-based is definitely very helpful. But sometimes what uh, people may not realize is that uh, when you go plant-based, if you, you have to get yourself educated a little bit because you could be ended up eating a lot of carbohydrates. Uh, and um, and um, for, for some people, um, that could affect their blood glucose level if it's an overconsumption of carbohydrate. So it has to be a good balance between protein, fats, and carbohydrate. Now, uh, for those of us who are not vegetarians, um, I often recommend being a, a pescatarian would be a good option as well. Having seafood and fish as part of your diet. Um, look at uh, the, the, the centenarians, how they do it, right? So you look at centenarians around the world, they often have fish as the source of animal protein, if you so choose. Uh, so that's also a, a, a very reasonable alternative to uh, being purely vegetarian. Mm -hmm. Well, that was my next question is actually the role of protein in chronic disease, aging and longevity. You know, I know that Dr. Longo specifically talks about protein for younger people and how in the United States, we may be over-consuming protein yeah. to a level that may not be as advantageous for our longevity. So can you comment on that for a minute? Yeah. So, um, you know, we as a society, we, we value performance. We want to be strong. We want to be able. We want to reach our potential. I get it. So we're packing our body with all sorts of protein. In fact, we probably over-consume proteins compared to other cultures and other societies in the world. So, you know, we have optimal performance, our body is, is strong and so on and so forth. But, but I want to invite the audience to have a longer view. Uh, and, and that is, don't we not only want performance, but we also want to have a healthy longevity? And we use the term health span to define that because it's not exactly how long you live but how long you live while being healthy. And from that angle, you will see that there are now more and more research showing uh, that during that this, 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 growth, this growth period, if we give too much protein, it will stimulate um, too much growth. It will uh, raise up our IGF-1 level, that's insulin-like growth factor level. And the, the elevated IGF, is not associated with the best health span, um, uh, according to these studies. In fact, we probably want to have less protein, not obviously enough protein to support our function, but not packing them uh, uh, into our body like we're doing right now. And I often think about, you know, I use race car uh, as an analogy. You know, we want performance out of race car, but what is the downside of performance? you need pit stop to change the tires. You need to cool down the engines. And if we rev our body all throughout our life, we may not have a healthy long life. And, and that's where I think 
Professor Longo had advocated that we uh, uh, don't overly consume proteins, um, but but certainly as we get older, the protein consumption needs goes higher. So it's also age dependent. So there's not a single number, but that's the principle that we we should think about. Hey, are you kind of curious about microgreens and including microgreens in your diet, but you're not sure where to start and you're not sure how to do it? I love my Hamama microgreen grower. It's so easy, it's so convenient. So this is how it works. Basically, they send you the kit and it has this little seed quilt, okay? And then you soak the seed quilt in the water and in a few days, you see your tiny little baby sprouts growing and a few days after that, you can start eating them and it's so fun. And you can tell them that you're eating them and they're really happy that you're eating them and your body's really happy that you're eating them. But here's the best part, because I've told y'all before, I'm lazy. So I don't wanna have to use any mental energy that I don't need to. And they send you seed quilts every month. So you don't run out, you can change what seed quilts you want to try. So here's some examples of some of the seed quilts they have. Hearty broccoli, refreshing cabbage, energizing kale, spicy daikon radish, super salad mix. You can even get wheatgrass, you can get culinary cilantro, or even hot wasabi mustard. So there's lots to choose from. They have different flavors, they're so cute, and they're health promoting. So you can get a good dose of antioxidants, and it's really beautiful. I also use them for garnish when I'm making soups and salads and different bowls. You can impress your guests, but like I said, it's going to be low energy cost on your part. And it's actually not that expensive either. The other thing that I use from Hamama is a green onion growing kit, which is really cool because it can decrease your food waste. So you buy the green onions and then the little part that has the root, the white part at the bottom, you stick it in these little holes and then you just put the water in there and it grows. And then you can keep eating the same green onions. You just go with your little scissors and you chop it off and you put it into your food. So if you wanna give it a try, you've been curious about microgreens and different ways that you can grow your own food, check out Hamama. You can find it in my show notes for a link to get 15% off, or you can go to dryami.com forward slash shop so that you can find the link and get 15% off your first order. Happy growing. Do you love Veggie Doctor Radio, but you're sick of listening to ads? Join the Plantscription. The Plantscription is a monthly membership where you have access to ad-free episodes of Veggie Doctor Radio every week. But that's not all. You also have access to a monthly live Q&A with me and a monthly live book club. You also get access to writings and musings and free giveaways. It is such a great deal. Right now, it's only $5 a month to join the Planscription. If you wanna join, go to planscription.substack.com or go to the show notes to follow the link. Join the Planscription today. Yeah, and it, and it is one of those things to know that things change community. over time. I'm a pediatrician, so I know for children, children are growing very quickly, especially those first three years of life, they're growing very rapidly. 
but things change and then we get to older age where we may not be as efficient at absorbing some of these nutrients. So we may need a little bit more in order to optimize because obviously humans, we're just really good at survival. So we can survive in lots of different ways mm -hmm. with minimal amounts of things. But if we're looking at that health span, we're looking to feel good, we're looking to have our strength and optimizing, then beyond a certain age, we may need to be a little bit more mindful of increasing that protein percentage. So thank you for addressing that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd love to shift gears again a little bit. You talked about doing FMD with your family, but I'd love to hear more about your personal dietary regimen. Do you do intermittent fasting on a regular basis? And yeah. you know, what, what is your diet like? Yeah. So uh, I, I follow mostly pescatarian diet. Uh, I'm also flexitarian uh, because I'm not very sort of religious about this because I think having flexibility is really key, right? Because I want to do this for the long, for the long run. And so if you're too strict, you're going to get burned out. And, and a lot of our patients do that. When you tell people to, you have to do something, I think uh, uh, from time to time, people are just going to tune out that message. So pescatarian diet with fish in there and, and plenty of, of plant source uh, protein and fats on the carbohydrate really is sort of my, my mainstay. 12-12 is something I strive for. Um, 8 or 8 is not so hard. Think about it. I mean, if you eat your breakfast at 8 o'clock and stop eating uh, beyond 8 o'clock, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, are there occasional weekends? Uh, I would be the first to admit, sure. Uh, there are times I don't follow that to the T. But I think if you're looking at five, six days in a week where you're following 12-12, it's going to just build up a lot of credit, you know, health credit in your body. And then from time to time, I think the key that deep cellular rejuvenation, then that, that the short fast is not going to do. Those I do definitely commit to three to four times of prolonged fast per year. That's really my regimen. It's, it's actually pragmatic. It's doable. And we've got the science to show it. What do you wish more people knew? I think um, the power of this fasting nutrition is inside all our body. It's in there. It's in our ancestors. It's part of the miracle of life. Without these adaptive changes during fasting, our species would never have existed on Earth. We have probably gone extinct a long time ago. It's these during this time of no food that the cells decided to rejuvenate and that, that becomes the secret to healthy longevity. I, I hope everybody knew about that. And, and while it takes a couple of days to trigger that, we, we've got the prolonged fast to support you through that. I think it's one of the, the most uh, uh, well-kept secret uh, in the world today in health and wellness. So I, I hope this is something that everybody can, can uh, take advantage of. It, it can be done uh, in an easy fashion, pragmatic. And you don't have to do it every, every single day. So that's really the best news. Yeah, excellent. Well, I'm always curious to hear about my guests if they have a morning routine. I talk a lot about habits and behaviors on this podcast. So do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it? Yeah, yeah to me, you know, uh, there are days where I'm too busy uh, to eat breakfast. And I'll get to share a little bit of secret with you because uh, there are more and more studies to show people who skip breakfast actually have poor health than people who eat breakfast. But then you're busy. What do you do? And, and there, there are days where, you know, uh, one can really leverage the um, 
the benefits of of uh, the time restricted eating. Uh, while not to do this every single day, but there are definitely benefits to doing 16A in a short period of time, in a couple of weeks, to reach your target. So I actually have uh, another tool. It's called the FastBar. FastBar uh, is designed with the same technology as Prolon. It's the fast mimicking technology, where when you eat the bar, your body is kept in the fasting state. So a lot of times what I do in the morning is I don't have time is I grab a fast bar because it extend my fast. What that means, your ketone level continues to go up like you're fasting. Your blood sugar is as flat as water, as if you're drinking water. So in fact, you're extending your overnight fast until lunch. That is actually my secret. We've also done studies now to show that fast bar can be consumed with coffee or tea, as long as you don't eat, uh, you don't add creamers or, or sugar into it. So uh, that's yet another support for busy Americans like we are. Oh, that's super interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Well, this is also the opportunity for you to tell our listeners where they can go to get more information. If this has piqued their interest and they'd like to delve more into this and maybe find out more about Prolon, where can they go to find yeah. that out? We have a very active social media. Uh, the group is called Fascination. Uh, like as in fasting, fascination on the Facebook. Uh, so please join us if you are wondering whether you want to start or you, this is your first cycle, you need some social support. There are over 27,000 members there to support you. So that's where you can find us. Uh, for the product, uh, you could go to prolonfmd.com, prolonfmd.com uh, to, uh, to order your Prolon for the company behind all the amazing research and the commitment to add life, quality of life to, to life, uh, please go to l-nutra.com. And that's spelled l-nutra.com. Thank you so much. Okay, so last question before I let you go. Leave us with one tip for busy parents because that is my target audience. We're all super busy lots of kids work. What is it one thing that you would recommend that they could try out? How can they begin intermittent fasting for themselves? Yeah, I, I, I often say my, you know, to borrow, to borrow a, a slogan from Nike, that you know what it is, just do it. You got to start, you know, you don't have to plan and, and plan and worry. Start with 12-12. That's the easiest way to start. Set a good example for your children because how we eat is going to influence the eating patterns of our children as well. Start today, 12-12. And if you have the courage and after listening to all the benefits, I would say try five-day prolonged fast. It will change the way you feel and, and, and backed up with signs. It's, it's easy to do. Well, Dr. Wilshu, I so appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming to tell us about intermittent fasting and the benefits of this fasting mimicking diet. Super appreciate that. Thank you for all the work that you do to help people. And I hope that you have a plantastic day. Thank you, Dr. Yami. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It was nice to have Dr. Will Shu on to talk about intermittent fasting and fasting mimicking diets. Here are four takeaways that I have. One, there are benefits to letting your gut and the cells of your body rest in an unfed or non-fed state. Two, you don't have to get extreme. 
because especially if you're getting extreme and you're doing that on a chronic basis, it's stressful to the body. So just start with 12 hours of fasting. That's obtainable for anybody. Stop eating at a certain time and then don't eat for 12 hours after that. So most people, if you're deliberate about it, you could probably obtain something like this within a sustainable fashion that aligns with intuitive eating. And I feel like I eat intuitively and I feel like most days I'm probably in an unfed state for about 12 hours naturally. That's just, I follow my body signals and that's how it usually goes. So I think you could definitely get there in a way that you're not having to you know, power through hunger, any of that kind of stuff, because that can definitely be interfering with those of us who want to practice intuitive eating and pay attention to our bodies. Number three, if you desire to do a deep clean and you feel like it's safe for you, you're not a child, you're not pregnant, you don't have a history of disordered eating, consider doing this safe fasting mimicking diet, the five day prolon, that might be something that you might consider doing. Number four, again, if you are a child, pregnant or have a history of disordered eating, stay away. Oh, I do have one more takeaway. The last takeaway, number five, eat plants and don't get hung up on protein, especially if you are under the age of 65, okay? Just eat more whole plant foods. We wanna stick to those principles of lifestyle medicine, predominantly whole plant foods, center your diet around fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts, and seeds, sleep, move your body, manage your stress, connect with others, foster that love. That's gonna get you a long way. And this can just be the little bonus if you wanna try it. Hope you enjoyed that episode and I will see you again next week. Have a very plantastic week. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.